0: Jesus
1: is real There's power in your name We trust in your ways we need
0: Jesus is real.
1: We should not fast to get Don't fast to get We don't, and I've already touched on this, we don't want to use the discipline of fasting as a way to try and strong-arm God to get the things that we want. We don't fast to get. See, the problem that is going on for the children of Israel is that they're fasting with the wrong motives.
0: Motives are important. The whys behind your actions often determine what you get out of something. Today, Pastor Daniel shares that approaching fasting, thinking that God owes you something, is the wrong starting point. Fasting isn't a way to force God to give you the things you want. Fasting is about connecting with God and hearing from Him. You'll find Him when you lay aside your personal desires and seek after Him. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter six as he continues his message, The Need for Self-Control.
1: Jesus was living and did his entire ministry within the nation of Israel right and so they were steeped in the law of Moses and fasting had become an integral part of the rhythm of their lives according to the law the day of atonement once a year was meant to be a fast day but during the exile they began to have numerous fast days And so people would fast, and it would be part of their lifestyle. Now, in that culture that Jesus lived in, because it was a religiously charged culture, people always wanted to do some sort of ostentatious display of religiosity, right? And so when people would be fasting, they would be sad, and they wouldn't take a shower, and they'd look all grumpy. And they'd say, oh, you're so grumpy. What's going on? I'm fasting. And they'd say, oh, so spiritual, right? And Jesus calls that hypocrisy. Now listen, we do not live in a religiously charged culture, but I've been in church long enough to know, don't you always meet somebody who's doing some crazy fast and they make sure everybody knows it? I'll never forget, and it's kind of a classic story, when I was a young assistant pastor, I was in Marin County, California, and there was a man who decided that he was going to fast for 40 days and 40 nights, just like Jesus. Now listen, Unless somebody gets some bright ideas about doing that, right? Go see a doctor because when it says that Jesus was hungry again, it was because he was starving to death. So if you don't eat for 40 days and 40 nights, you might not make it out the other side of it. I'm just going to say that. Literally, it says that Jesus, and then he was hungry. What science will tell you is that when you don't eat for a long time, in the beginning you'll be really hungry, but then your body needs to take the energy from being hungry and keep you alive. And then when your hunger pangs come back, that actually means that you're starving to death. Now your body's like, look, I need to make them hungry because if they don't, they're going to die. And that's where Jesus was. But there was a pastor who decided, I'm going to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. And it was amazing. He didn't follow Jesus' teaching because everybody knew it. Everybody knew that this pastor was going to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, so sure enough, you go to a pastor's breakfast, right? And there's eggs and there's biscuits and there's bacon and there's cinnamon rolls and there's fruit and coffee and this guy had a little water bottle looking all sorts of spiritual. <laughs> and people would be like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. And everyone would say, oh man, he's fat. God's going to just bless that church so much. You know what happened to that poor church? Closed down six months later everybody just left. You say, but, but, listen, when you do an ostentatious display of religiosity to put God into your debt, you mess it all up. See, you don't fast so that everybody knows and says, oh, so-and-so is so spiritual. Oh, wow, God must really love them, as if God is swayed by our works. Come on. See, it's amazing how you take a good thing and then you bring it out of the bounds of what God created it for. And then it becomes a problem. I was so blessed because I learned about fasting from my pastor. And I would say, so what's funny for me is my call to ministry came the very first time I ever tried to fast. Because I remember I was a young Christian. I was playing music as a career. And I remember being like, man, I was reading about in the Bible. I'm like, I should try and do that. What's that all about? You know, and I remember talking to my pastor, so like, like this whole fasting thing, like why on God's green earth would anyone not want to eat for a couple days? I mean, just like I'm all Italian. I mean, who, what? I mean, you're not just like skipping thirdsies on dessert. You're just like not eating any meal. It's like, what? And he would explain it to me. And he'd say, well, listen, what you're doing is you're saying, God, I need food, but I need you more than I need my food. And you learn all these things. And so I'm like, okay, but okay, so if I go to fast, like what happens if someone offers me a piece of cake? Because I don't want to tell them, well, I'm fasting because Jesus told me that's hypocritical. He's like, well, if you're fasting and somebody offers you a piece of cake, you eat the piece of cake, you say, thank you very much. I'm like, but I'm fasting. He's like, look, you don't want to tell them no and tell them you're fasting. They're going to think you're more spiritual than you really are. The reason you're fasting is because you ain't spiritual and you want to get spiritual. So he's like, you don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, sorry, oh, thanks, oh, sorry. no, 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 no I'm fasting. You make them feel bad for making you a cake. Which is a problem. So he said, look, if you're fasting, God knows that you're fasting. If someone offers you a piece of cake, you just eat a piece of cake, don't make a big deal about it. He said, every time you make a big deal about it, that's when you're in trouble. Because you want everyone to know because you're making this big deal about everything. Right? Do you ever have that when someone says, oh, you just said, oh, thank you so much for your ministry. Oh, it's not me, it's the Lord. Just tell me a little bit more how the ministry is going. But it's God, it's not me. It's an ostentatious display. It's really just pride... Wrapped up in some spiritual stuff. But really, when somebody's truly humble, someone says, thank you so much for how God's using you. You say, yeah, praise God, man. Let's move on to the next thing. Isn't God great? Right? You just keep that thing moving along. But I'll never forget, so I decide I'm going to fast. Okay, right? And I don't know how this all works. I just decided I'm going to fast for two days, right? And it was funny because I started fasting and I was straight up grumpy. I had to take a nap. <laughs> I don't think I'd skip a meal ever. And I was in a bad mood. I got my blood sugar, was bad. I remember, just, I wasn't married then. And then it's like, praise God. And sure enough, I started fasting and I was grumpy. And then finally, after I went through like this, like eight hour period of grumpiness with like a two and a half hour nap in the milk because I couldn't handle life without food. All of a sudden I got some tremendous clarity. And literally, I was reading the Bible, and I was journaling. I didn't know what I was I wasn't trying to figure something out. But all of a sudden, I felt like God started to minister to my heart. Daniel, music is your love and your passion. I've given you a gift, but I don't want it to be your primary ministry. I've called you to the ministry of the word. And I remember writing that in my journal. I've been called to the ministry of the word. And I'm like, I don't know what this is all about. Man, I'm just going to keep fasting. And God, as I continued, God would speak to me in a unique way. There was a clarity that I hadn't experienced before. So when you fast, you don't want to be hypocritical about it. You don't want to be hyper-spiritual about it. You want to fast as unto the Lord. You don't want people to know about it. It says, make sure you anoint your head. wash. It. Like When you fast, just look like the normal version of you. Don't look like the version of you that wants everyone to know that you're not eating or you're not doing this thing. So it's something that you do in private but your father who sees everything about you knows and his reward comes openly because it's not you doing it so everyone thinks you're spiritual. You're doing it so that God and you can have a relationship that's quite special. Does that make sense? And that's an important part of fasting. Now, how do you fast? There's literally a million different ways. You can do a total food fast, like where you say, I'm going to take a whole day off on food. And in that time, I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to do these different things. You can fast a meal. You could do the Daniel fast. Not my fast, but the one of Daniel in the Bible, the real deal Daniel. Do you remember he didn't want to eat meat sacrificed to idols? So him and his friends, they did the vegetarian fast. Those of you who are meat eaters are like, oh, perish the thought. (laughs) Praise God for the Noah Covenant. But you could fast off of meat. You could fast off of media. And listen, I think for a lot of us, we need to fast off a media. You're going to just shut the phone off for two days. You'll see the withdrawals you'll go through. It's amazing. Fast off a media. You can take anything that you do regularly and set it aside for a certain amount of time and say, God, in this time, I'm going to focus on you. Maybe every day at lunch, you sit around with the folks in your job, and you're like, and you wonder why. I just don't understand why the folks that I work with are so against God. Maybe one day a week you should just say, hey, I'm not going to be here. I'm just going to go prayer walk. And instead of eating with them, you prayer walk for them. Maybe every night you have to watch endless reruns of Three's Company or CSI. Netflix is bad for that. Maybe we all need to fast off of Netflix. Netflix is brutal that way, right? Before you know it, the next one's starting. It always catches you bad. But like fast off your favorite TV show. And take that hour and seek the Lord. Read the word. Anything that you do regularly, you can abstain from it purposefully in order to seek the Lord. But whatever you do, do it privately. You know what's beautiful is Charles Spurgeon, the great prince of preachers, said that the Puritans called fasting soul fattening fasting. It fattens your soul, it's pretty powerful. Martin Lloyd-Jones said it this way, fasting, if we conceive of it truly, must not be confined to the question of food and drink. Fasting should really be made to include abstinence from anything which is legitimate in and of itself for the sake of some special spiritual purpose. So we learn the art of living and we learn the art of dependence on God. We truly love ourselves when we deny our most basic needs because we need God more than we need our most basic needs. Does that make sense? But we do it in private. Don't do it so everybody knows. And you have to be on guard against that because in some ways in our fallenness, when we do such a thing, we actually want other people to know. Because we have this need and desire for approval from people. So you want to do it completely in private. And God who sees in private will reward you openly. Now what I want you to do, I want you to turn to your left to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 58. Turn to the book of Isaiah to your left. So don't forget, once you go to your left, you're already in the minor prophets. They're not minor because their message isn't important. They're actually, all prophets are important. They just wrote less. They were less verbose than the major prophets. And so Isaiah is the first of what we would call the major prophets. And they're major because they were more verbose than the rest. So Isaiah chapter 58. And because in the Sermon on the Mount we learn specifically don't be ostentatious, don't do it so everybody knows, fast privately, Isaiah 58 gives us God's purposes and plans for fasting, which I think is going to be very, very important for each one of us. So look at what it says, Isaiah 58 Verses 1 to 8 says this. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you may break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring your house the poor who are cast out, when you see the naked, that you cover him? and not hide yourself from your own flesh, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, here I am beautiful passage. Now this is the Lord speaking through the prophet Isaiah, telling Isaiah what to tell the people. And the first thing we learn is that we should not fast to get. Don't fast to get. We don't, and I've already touched on this, we don't want to use the discipline of fasting as a way to try and strong-arm God to get the things that we want. We don't fast to get. See, the problem that is going on for the children of Israel is that they're fasting with the wrong motives. Look at what it says. I mean, it begins in verse one, cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. And that word trumpet in the Hebrew is literally the word shofar. So he's literally commanding the prophet not to be kind and not to be quiet but to start yelling let his voice be like a shofar which was to get everybody's attention for them to stop what they're doing and get mobilized what was the problem he says i want you to tell my people their transgression i want you to tell the house of judah of jacob their sins look at what he says in verse 2 their testimony they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their god they ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. So he's saying, look, they're very religiously serious. They, every single day they seek me, they want to know my ways. But notice in verse 3, we get a little view into their motivations. Why have we fasted? They said, and you have not seen. Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? See, They're fasting as a lifestyle, and they're saying, God, we do all this stuff. Why aren't you blessing us in the way that we want to be blessed? Which is a lot of ways when you talk about fasting, so many people fast with the same kind of motivation. I'm going to fast so that God's going to give me what I want. So, Lord, I really, 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 really want an extra big bonus this year. So I'm going to fast. Right? Or I really, really, really want this thing from you. So, God, I'm going to put in my quarters or dollars of spiritual disciplines, and I'm going to get out the thing that I want. And the children of Israel were doing that. Why? And notice what the Lord says. In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and you exploit your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Do you see what's going on? The children of Israel are fasting, but they're fasting to try and put God in their debt, which is classic religion. Religion is, I do this thing and now God owes me. And I use religion in a negative way in that sense. When you say, God, because I serve, now you owe me. Because I tithe, now you owe me. Because I fast, now you owe me. Right? I've met people all the time, I don't follow Jesus anymore. Why? Well, I used to, and I did all these things, and God didn't give me what I wanted. I'm like, well, you weren't really following Jesus. You were just trying to use Jesus as a vending machine. And they kind of look at you, and they're kind of mad, but I'm like, you know, I'm right. And I'm like, I'm not knocking it. I've tried to do it too. Jesus makes a much better Savior than a vending machine. But you have to learn that by sometimes wanting God to be a vending machine. See, what they're doing is they're fasting, but they're fasting, and they're not actually applying the heart of the fast to the fast. He say, look, you guys don't eat, and you seek me daily, but you still exploit the people who work for you. You fast, and you're still full of strife and wickedness and you will not fasten this way, you think that by doing this, I'm going to hear your voice on high when you're still bickering and fighting and full of wickedness, and you're still exploiting people? He's like, you're missing the point. You're doing this religious discipline, and you're divorcing it from real life. Now, I ask you, how many of us are like this? Because it's really easy to read the children of Israel. They're so messed up. But we're messed up, right? Well, I'm messed up. You can speak for yourself. You can find yourself doing religious, spiritual things that are good and still having a heart that is full of wickedness. You could say, man, I'm serving, but I'm still doing all these things I know is wrong, and I am not being right to people, and I am full of strife, and everyone who comes in contact with me ends up getting browbeaten by my words or my actions or this or that. I don't know how many times as a pastor I've watched people leave a church saying that it's God's will and while they're spitting at you on the way out. It's like, well, I don't know that God has people leave in this way. Right? Like, is, is this spirit-led? Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I deserve to be beaten up a little bit. I don't always get everything right. But it's oftentimes we're being wicked and we're saying it's God's work. We have to be careful that we do not fast to get. And in a lot of ways, the mistake that they're making is that they are fasting and they're expecting God to give them the things that they want, not realizing that the end of fasting is a closer relationship to God and us moving more and more in Christ likeness. So we don't fast to get. How should we fast? Well, in verses six to eight, we learn that we need to fast to bless. We need to fast to bless. Now as I close this out, look at what's said here, and this is very powerful, very powerful. In verse six, is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall shine forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, hear. I am. See, when you and I fast, when we learn how to abstain from the momentary needs and step into God's greater purposes and plans for our lives, we realize that the self-control that we want isn't just so that we don't eat all the M&Ms or don't eat all the Halloween candy for breakfast. And it's not so all I do is watch Netflix or every time I go on Amazon, I end up buying $500 worth of things or whatever your thing is. Really what is when we fast and when we move by the power of the spirit into self-control, then God takes our lives and turn it outward. And we start to say, I don't just want to fast so that I can get God. I want to fast so that I can be God's blessing in the world. And you see what he says here. The fast that God has chosen is that we loose the bonds of wickedness. And we undo heavy burdens. And when people are oppressed, we work for them to go free. And we break every yoke of bondage that's around us. That we share our bread with the hungry. See, instead of us overeating, we see the abundance of food we have. And we say, there are people who are hungry. I mean, right in our own community, right now in downtown Vancouver, there are people who have no food. And we start to say, as I am walking with the Lord, I start to say, I want to actually give them my food. And when somebody is poor, we say, hey, I got an extra room in my house. I'll help you get on your feet. Don't you notice this? List is this some of these things are the exact same thing that Jesus said in Matthew 25 when he separated the sheep from the goats. Lord, when did we do all these things? When you do it to the least of these, my brethren. You do it to who? To me.
0: Jesus is real. Pastor Daniel wrapped up today's message by sharing that fasting is not a discipline meant to solely deepen your relationship with the Lord. Actually, God wants you to use it to springboard you into action. You learn that as you deepen with the Lord, you'll begin to see the needs of the people around you and step up to meet them. This is what fasting is intended for to propel you to be a tangible example
1: of God's love and care in the world. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel Fusco here to tell you about my book, Upward, Inward, and Outward. You've heard me talk about these three directions for living again and again on Jesus is Real Radio, and I think they're so important. I wanted to write a book to explain even more. Upward, Inward, and Outward teaches you the importance of developing a right relationship with God and how that teaches you to love yourself well, from those two healthy relationships can spring a well of love for people around you. And that's what transforms our world. Find out more and get your own copy at
0: JesusIsRealRadio.com. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel continues this series about how to learn the art of living and live your best life, the life Jesus came to give you. You'll discover that living with intention and purpose is part of this. He'll explain that you need to say no to the things that don't matter so that you'll have the space in your life to say yes to the things that do. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.